Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Crash Course Podcast. I'm Cody, and shortly, Sully and Ben are going to be here to talk you through Palmasia Golf and Country Club in Tampa, Florida. Palmasia plays host to the Gasparilla Invitational every year, and Sully's been lucky enough for the last two runnings to play in the event. The golf course, located on less than 100 acres in downtown Tampa, Florida, was designed in 1916 by Tom Bendelow. In 1922, the club invited Donald Ross to come to reroute the original design to its present layout. In 2011, the club brought in Bobby Weed, a noted Donald Ross historian and restorer of courses to improve drainage and modernize the original Ross concepts. As always, the Crash Course podcast and Crash Course video series is presented by our friends at Cooper Tires, and they have a great option they want you to know about. It's the Cooper Discoverer Enduramax. The Enduramax tires has enhanced durability thanks to technology from Cooper's off-road truck tires. This means drivers can tackle any road condition with a smooth, quiet ride. The Enduramax is packed with cut and chip resistant tread technology. That helps you combat poor road conditions that try to chew up your tires. Light truck belts have been integrated into the design, helping to improve strength and overall driver handling. If you drive an SUV, you need this tire. All Cooper tires are backed by a limited warranty, a 45-day test drive warranty, and select products are backed by a treadwear mileage warranty, helping to give you confidence on the road. For complete product and warranty details, please visit www.coopertires.com or www.coopertires.ca. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Crash Course Podcast. Sally here. I am joined by our colleague Ben Hotailing uh, at some guy's backyard on Twitter. Uh, ben, is this your first Crash Course Podcast? Second. Second. I got to talk with Tron about very special Prairie Dunes. All right. Well, we are talking today about Palmasia Golf and Country Club in Tampa, Florida. Well within the C-suite, uh, listen, you got to, we got to spend a couple days there, a lot of days actually there uh, in February during the Gasparilla, but before this tournament, which I'm sure we're going to chat some about, uh, we went swung by for a practice round in advance of the tournament, uh, so you did get to tee it up there and, and play Gasparilla, or uh, play Palmasia the day after we played Concession. Can you draw up any two more different golf courses than those two golf courses? Oh, gosh, no. Absolutely not. <laughs> Having walked it with you uh, for multiple days and seen wide variety of skilled players play that golf course, uh, and then, you know, watch the, the WGC at concession right thereafter. No, I mean, they, they couldn't be more different, but uh, I think that that's more of a compliment to Palmasia than, uh, than concession, I, I would say. So I, I I wouldn't say I'm totally versed in the whole history of Palma or uh, of Palmasia. Just it's 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 vast. I mean, you can go to GasparillaInvitational.com and they just describe the history of that tournament and give a lot of crazy, interesting you know facts about the club and you know about the people that have played in the tournament over the years, and it, it gives you an idea for just how seriously they take. Uh, this tournament, which again we'll talk about, but the golf course itself. When, what did you think when we when we're driving around on our way? We see on Google Maps that we're one minute away from a golf course. Did you imagine that we were one minute away from a golf course? 
I thought you were pulling my leg completely. <laughs> I mean, we were right in downtown Tampa, commerce area, you know, food restaurants, car dealerships, the whole nine yards. And then boom, there it was. And even from the, the street, it didn't look like a golf course. It sits on 98 acres, I believe, uh, something they take take a lot of pride in. And the fact that it is not a long golf course, it is 63, maybe it's 6,300 yards on the card. I think they can stretch it to closer to 64 uh, for the tournament when they want to. No, no chances for adding length on any holes. It uses every inch of the property. I, I think it's a really unique golf course and one that I think is important for us to talk about because every time I play there, I, I walk off and say... If golf courses looked more like this, we wouldn't really have a distance debate in golf. Like you can hit it far if you want in that golf course, and there's advantages to be had on it. But it still it holds up so well to distance. And I'm just I'm curious if you had like a similar reaction both to watching golf on that played on that course and playing it. Yeah, absolutely. I think you and I had a conversation walking up the 12th hole while we were down there, and it's like governing bodies, you know, people that have interest in golf course and golf course golf courses at large they need to go see palmasia they need to see how that course works how it functions how you can use under 100 acres and challenge every aspect of the game and force you to hit every single club in the bag yeah distance is, is an advantage it always is as as we know but that isn't the identity of palmasia not in the slightest you can be an absolute bomber and like good luck and enjoy yourself we watched it i mean we saw it out there at the Gasparilla, these guys are, you know, carrying it 300 yards and missing the cut. So, um, yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more with your sentiment. I, I want you to try to help me describe why this is the case. So I got invited to play this tournament in 2020. I'd never heard of the golf course, never heard of the tournament. I went and pulled up the, you know, the overhead of the course. One was, was stunned at where it sat in this in the city of Tampa. And two... I mean, I'm measuring the fairways on Google Earth, and I'm measuring 12 yards wide in certain spots. Uh, and I was like, oh, my goodness, this is like a total nightmare of a golf course for me in particular. But, I mean, heck, I might as well go play this course. I might as well play it. It's a really cool invite to God, and why shouldn't I? Yet when you get there, it is tree-lined. It is, you know, tight, short par fours. Yet it doesn't really play that tight. Do you, can you help me try to explain how or why that is? Because I'm still not really sure I know how or why. Gosh, I, I don't. I don't know either. I mean, there are some areas that are extremely tight. The only thing that I can anchor um, the concept on is the proportions are right. The length of the hole, where the hazards are, where the bunkers are, um, where the spots that you you know can't miss are fit perfectly with the length of the hole and how to attack that hole. Um, I think proportionally is where its biggest benefit comes in fighting distance, but also, you know, looking, looking like a tight golf course, but not playing like it or necessarily feeling like it when you're on the golf course. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, you've played it, what, 10 times, a dozen times, and, you know, you hit a lot of drivers and it never felt like you were, you know, stuck or, or making the wrong club choice. It just seemed like, you know, when it was time to hit the driver, there was a space for you to hit it in. And when it wasn't time for you to hit the driver, you know, then there's space for you to hit three iron, a, a wood off the tee. Um, I guess what's your, your general sentiment uh, for, for well, that piece? I think it, it may be that it's even hard to hit the fairways sometimes with irons. That, you know, what is what leads you to end up sure. hitting driver, you know, a little bit of the winged foot kind of theory and that um, it, it's, it's rare that I enjoy a golf course as much as I do this one. 
when it is narrow, when it's not wide, right? I mean, that's usually a prereq for me is like, just let me get off the tee and figure it out from there because I hate being strangled. I don't think anybody likes being strangled on a golf course, but this one, it, it, it's not dense. If you do miss in the trees, like you have a route usually around through under, you know, you may be wrapping around the trees on the other side of the hole. It, it you know, you're going to, I played with fire enough in this tournament. And we have the footage that, you know, depending on when you're listening to this, it might already be out by now, but you know, we, you can see how often I'm in the trees yet at the same time, it encourages recovery shots from these trees. And that's what I think a lot of really tight and wooded golf courses that don't encourage fun recovery shots. That's not, that's not entertaining golf yet. This you you'll see a lot of body English, a lot of punch draws, punch cuts, high cuts, high draws over and around trees. And that is still, no, that that's what like strikes my, the creative bone in my body for, uh, for golf. And that you get to hit some of these really fun, tricky shots and, it's just, I don't know. It's so fun to compete on a golf course that isn't just going to, you know, a prerequisite is not 300 yards in straight with the driver because I'm neither of those things. And um, I don't know. I just, I, I'm, and another thing too is it's got several really short par fours that aren't really that drivable. And what that does, you know, if that, if you're adding up to 6,300 and you have several really short par fours, number two is 323, number five is 327. Um, you know, number 10 is 346, number 15 is 343, 16 is 357. But what that does, you know, if you're adding things up here, you know, you're going to get the 17th hole, 201 yards. That's, you know, if there's any kind of wind, in, you might have a four or three iron into that hole. Hole 13 is 190 yards. Like you get some of these holes that really create some difficult, you know, long iron, mid iron shots. And then there's some par fours that still have a lot of girth to them. Hole nine is 438 yards. Hole 12 is 441, uh, 14 is 428, but when that's back into the wind, it's like driver five iron. So you, you end up actually weirdly hitting more middle and long irons uh, than you would think than uh, on, a, on a, you know, a course that on the scorecard looks like a drive and pitch course. Right. Yeah, no, 100%. I, I totally agree with you. And kind of going back to the, the trees and how those function, I can't think of one place on the golf course where there was any low hanging limbs. And I think that's more of the tree choice versus uh, extensive maintenance to, you know, trim those limbs that, that come out lower. But I mean, they're all at least head high. So it gives you the opportunity to get out. And I, I mean, I saw you have some of the best recovery shots I've, I've ever seen um, out there hitting low, hitting high, doing all these different things that really fire that imagination. And, um, you know, you can still score from those areas. That's, that's the one thing, like you said, it's, it's not an automatic one stroke penalty. It's kind of like, what, are you an artist? Like, you know, what are you going to do here? How are you going to manage this? We have an avenue for you. Um, you know, can you, can you do it? So yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you in all those elements. And, you know, frankly, the minute that we got on the golf course and got through one and two, cause you know, decidedly those, I don't want to say those are, are standard cause they're some of my favorite holes. And I think hole one played as, as one of the most difficult, if not the most difficult hole day two at the Gasparilla, but you know, it's generally straightforward. It's a, you know, mid, like you said, mid 300 yard par four, um, usually an iron or, you know, drivers and aggressive play. And it's definitely there for you if you want it. Um, but once you get, you know, to three and beyond, don't even think about the yardage anymore. I, I didn't, it didn't cross my mind once what, uh, you know, feeling like I needed to hit you know, more clubs or, or longer clubs or that this wasn't going to be a good tournament course. I mean, that literally never crossed my mind after the second hole. 
and it's not like and there's some easy holes out there don't get me wrong like there's some very clear-cut birdie holes right I mean and you know like the, there's a stretch there on the front nine one one played really tough but you know two is a really short par four uh, that played under par I think in the first round three is a reachable par five and then a short four or, I'm sorry a short par three that's like a little pitching wedge and then another short par four the fifth all played as some of the easiest holes on the course um, but you got to get those like that's that's it's just an interesting, you know, especially when you start on one, which I did on day two, like you got to go get it early because it gets tough. I mean, that stretch from, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, even into, you know, into 15 for me, uh, that's just a really, really tough stretch of golf course. And it just it, it's uh, it, it eases you in definitely, but it, it's still an interesting test. I'm like, you know, par three and a half, you got to get the three if you want to compete on that golf course uh, or else you kind of giving up a half shot shot to the field. So it, 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 it's, it's interesting that it, it's no secret, I guess that if we're talking about this course, it, it's not long, it's wide, but gives you, uh, you know, these possibilities to, to get there. The scoring record in this tournament, three three rounds, best mid-am players in the country, one of the one of the best fields you'll see all year. The record is eight under par over three rounds. And the usual wow. score is somewhat I think only three guys maybe broke par this current year. And we're talking and yeah, something like that. How how does and this I mean it can't it can't be understated how quality of players are out there. I mean, I, I talked to more ex pros than I did, you know folks like like you and I that are just you know avid amateur golfers I mean these these are players yeah yeah it's like these dudes that have played in the Masters the dudes that played in the Walker Cups like you know Matt Parziali's in this field Chip Rook who won it this year was a former pro um it, it's it's wild and yes I just looked it up he Chip Rook shot five under Tug Mod shot four under no one else broke par uh in the entire golf tournament which so two X pros over three days on a 63 6400 yard course uh, you know, average one and a half under par. So what is it? What, 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 why is that? Why is that the case? How would you describe why the golf course holds up to that scoring? <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Everybody <laughs> blames the greens. They think, you know, they're the slickest things ever. They're, you know, if you miss in the wrong spot, et cetera, et cetera, which I, I think definitely holds some, some weight. You would know better than I would. I think when we played the greens were, in exceptional shape, it, but it was make speed. I mean, it was be aggressive, hit it at the hole and, and, you know, you'll make them. Um, gosh, I, I, I can't put my finger on it. And I think hard. that's why I'm so smitten with the place is because it holds this mystique. It holds this, um, when you're there, when you're on the property, when you're playing the golf course, uh, you know that you need to be like slightly defensive. It, it goes you into, um, trying to do something different or trying to be less aggressive than you might be otherwise. And I, I, I really can't put my finger on it other than this mystique, this aura as you're walking around that you, it knows that it's bold. It knows that it's exciting. It knows that it requires extremely good ball striking and exceptional scrambling. And maybe that's it is that if you do find yourself in a, a bad spot, it's an auto bogey. Yeah. I mean, I, I could not stop saying to you when we were playing, I can't stop making bogeys, man. I cannot <laughs> stop it. It's 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 insane. Um, but that's the only thing I can I can put my finger on. There's not one design element. There's not one detail. There's not one uh, you know billboard that's like this is why this place is so hard. I, I really can't put my finger on it other than just you know walking around, seeing it, playing it, and you know 
gosh, what a good tournament course, but it, it just holds some sort of weight and, you know, goats you into doing some, some silly things. And then if you're off, you're, you're off. It's an auto bogey. It's interesting talking to some of the members that actually play in the tournament. You know, they get razzed by the other members. It's like, well, why can't you, you know, you got, you shoot 68 with me out here all the time. Why can't you do it in the tournament? And they say like, you don't get it. The, the course is literally only like this once a year. You know, it's not one of the places that, oh, they slow the greens down for the tournament. Like it, it they ramp everything <laughs> up. Right. And it's, it, it is something that like, you can't really prepare for. I don't know. I was so uncomfortable on the Saturday when they really mowed those greens and they rolled them. And they put those pins just in just like two feet away from a comfy spot, but in the most awkward spot. I mean, some of the places that unless you are putting straight up the hill, which isn't necessarily underneath the hole, you had to just putt so, so, so defensively. And, you know, when I played the first year, I was just intimidated by the course. Um, Some of the shots I had gotten in my own head about how difficult some of the golf shots were when they really weren't all that difficult. And I watched some of the leaders come through and hit shots into this fifth green that I thought was diabolical. And I watched him just, a, a dude hit a very normal wedge. And I was like, dude, that he made that look so easy. Why can't I play like that? And this year, I played like that. I played way more confidently tee to green, yet still on the greens that last day, I was like, how does anybody make any putts on these greens? And then we watched the final groups come through, and I watched them just kind of step up and have some balls and hit the shots they needed and hit the putts they needed and not putt with fear. And that's a lesson I'm taking away into next year. It's like, dude, you can do it. You know, the best players here are doing it. And it, it, it's just the greens aren't crazy undulating. They're not tiny. Uh, they're just real. I don't, I don't, genius is probably too strong of a word, but they're just so fair. It is very rewarding to good shots and punishing to bad ones. There's almost nothing that's ridiculous that happens on them. You know, it's nothing that's gimmicky in any way or even close. Uh, yet like the opportunities for birdies are there if you hit the proper shots. And I just, that that's smitten's a great word. Like I, it, again, it, uh, on the surface, this is not a golf course that I would love in theory, but I just, I get more and more appreciation for it every time I get to play it. Yeah. I, I think about it way more than I <laughs> reasonably should, but, um, I guess I had really great, you know, two weeks in a row getting to spend time out there. But, you know, speaking of, of, of that, of that last group that came up, have we ever talked about how close Chip's approach shot was to going out of bounds? I mean, he hit yeah. the face of that bunker on the left side of the green and was out of the bunker hitting his, you know, bunker shot that you know, decidedly won the tournament. But he was that close to being out of bounds and Tug was going to take that that trophy. Have we even talked about that? I don't know if we have because the last hole is a 480-yard par 5 that – most of the days that I've played in the tournament, it's been downwind. Like it's 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 a par five only in name, pars irrelevant, all that good stuff. It is very very reachable, but the clubhouse like like just left of the green. It's hard to emphasize how close. Just left of the green is out of bounds. Like if you hit it onto the cart path, it's just left of the screen. It's ob because the clubhouse sits right there, and when they put the pin in the back left on the Friday, at least they did this year, if you chip it from the front right of the green pat long left it can roll down the little fairway patch and go out of bounds Devin Hopkins who we played with in the on day one hit uh didn't hit a very good bunker shot and went over the green back left and it stopped on that fairway but as he was standing in that bunker he was I'm not gonna say he was getting ready to drop a ball but he was basically like that's out of bounds right like knowing how close that OB came in his held up thankfully but it is a hole that like that's dude 
All right, so this is probably a good time for us to set the scene for what, and maybe we're talking more about the tournament than we are the actual golf course, but <laughs> the, it, I think, one, it, I hope you don't think I'm exaggerating when I say like the, it's the defining thing for this club is how much pride they take in this golf course. Granted, I'm there once a year, but like it, it seems like yeah. they love this event so much. It is hard to describe how many people were out there watching. You know, on a Saturday, watching a bunch of mid-ams play golf. I right. and talking to some of the other players, they don't get that anywhere else that they go. And it is so combine that all those people out there watching. And I'm talking like a throng. Now I'm not not quite open championship throng, but like closer to that than what you're you're probably picturing for a mid-am event of people coming down the 18th fairway with that final group. I pictured hundreds, myself like yes, hundreds of people. I pictured myself hitting those shots in front of that peop- those people with that OB left. Dude, I, I I can't even like fathom like how to hold the club, how to do any of that. I on that final day, there's a good amount of people gathered around that green. I drove it into the fairway bunker and I had no shot at the green. I mean, we're, if we're being honest, it was such a miracle attempt. But I honestly didn't want to lay up to 100 yards cuz I did not want to hit a little lob wedge with you know, hundreds of people standing around that green because I was going to knife that thing. I'm not joking. I laid further back because I was so uneasy with all those people playing around it. And so, yes, you coming into that, there's no lead is safe. You could, you know, chip it over that green. It could roll down to the water that sits to the right. Yet at the same time, it's probably an eight iron or a nine iron in hand for these guys coming into a par five to win it. Um, So it is, it's just, it's, it's super cool. If you haven't seen the tournament footage, hopefully it's out by the time this gets posted. It's really cool to see, uh, I don't know, for me to personally to get to experience something like tournament nerves that you can't even, uh, never met. There's nothing else out there for me to experience that in, right? You know, I'm not going to play in a PGA Tour event, and I don't know how many other mid-am events are like this. And to play on this little golf course where you got to be pretty exact and you got to be dialed, yet the opportunities are there, it just like, it's everything you could want in a golf tournament. And I- I'm curious, I want you to tell me about what did you say to me? I don't know what after what day. What 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 change did you make after this tournament? I want to hear about what this watching this tournament on this golf course did to you. Oh man! I mean, looking through the viewfinder of a camera, I had butterflies for three days straight watching this thing. I, I mean, your comparison to a PGA tournament, or gosh, I can't imagine it's that far off. If you were to drop me there, not knowing what I was seeing where I was at, I'd be like, oh, this is the sickest PGA Tour event ever, you know, standing <laughs> on the, the 18th green. You know, ropes, quiet signs, everything. For me, it made me so nervous. It made me so excited um, that I knew I have to get back into playing competitive golf. I have to. I love I've gotta that. got to come out here. I've got to experience this. It makes it, it gives me that feeling in my stomach. So I know that this is something worthwhile. This matters. This is going to be important. This is going to be something that you can hang your golf career hat on. It's that big of a deal. I, I, I don't know if, if um, that'll come through that, you know, we're talking about a bunch of mid ams We're talking about a bunch of, you know, 40 or gosh, I mean, we we're anything from 25 to 75 that were out there. But it just gave me that feeling of if you can do this, I've got to do this. I've got to be able to try and do this. It uh, it sparked something. And I think that it's a, a mixture of everything. It's the golf course for sure. It's the um, how they put on that tournament. I think that kind of goes back to what you were saying before that it sounds like we're talking more about the Gasparilla. But I think the Gasparilla in a way kind of defines Palmasia. I might be overshooting a little bit there, but they pulled out 
you know, there were, everything was, was to the nines. I mean, it was incredible. You had, you know, rules officials riding around, you have, um, you know, people managing ropes to get crowds in and out of, of specific areas. Talk about the range. There's no range there. Talk about what they do with the range. Oh my gosh. So they turn, they turn the third hole and the ninth, which is <laughs> and the ninth. Yeah. The third and the ninth into a, a double-sided range. There's no range. There's like a, what, 40, 50 yard uh, wedge area, maybe a little bit longer for you know people to get warmed up. They, you're able to just rip drivers <laughs> down the, the third fairway while you're getting warmed up and you know the cart's constantly rolling out and they have them all picked up and ready to rock and roll by the time that the cannon goes off and i'm serious like a freaking cannon goes <laughs> off to start the event um but yeah they 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 do it right and they um you know though they don't have a range that doesn't mean that they're not going to give you the opportunity i mean they again they pull out all stops there's you know probably a hundred volunteers out there that are are making it go which is is really impressive so um yeah, you know, just just being there, walking the course, seeing the different amount of different types of people from different walks of life from all across the United States was really something. I think the only if anyone's been to like a marathon or an Ironman or triathlon, something like that, and you kind of see who's out there, what they're doing. And, uh, you don't come away saying I need to do something with my life. I can do this or I want to try this, man, you just have no feelings. I, I, I don't, I can't, you know, I, I can't imagine leaving that situation and not having some sort of fire in your stomach to, to get up and go do something that's, golf. Otherwise, yeah. it just, it, what it was. No, that's, that's well said. I think it's like a, at least as I'm trying to pursue a, a, a mid-am, whatever it is, I don't even know what I'm really actually pursuing it's hard to sometimes hard to justify. Like I, I don't really know why I dedicate time to it. I don't really know why I care. Like at the end of the day, it's really not for anything. Yet that marathon and Ironman thing uh, analogy came to mind when we were putting the video together. Of just like it, it like I don't think I can. I don't understand that world. I guess I should say, and I don't have to. I know that it's really satisfying to the people that go through it, and that's just how I got, walked away going through it too. And I, I just you know, wheeling this back around to the golf course as well is it feels like a, a little bit of a moment in time golf course, right? It's not been obsessed with trying to keep up with trends or being obsessed with length. They're very proud of it, you know, not being very long and that it's, this is, this is what it is. It's still going to be challenging, but like, here's exactly what it is. There's no room to expand it. It's a part of the, one of the prettiest neighborhoods I've ever seen. The houses that frame mm -hmm. this golf course are just mind blowing. The owner of the Tampa Bay Lightning owns a house across three different lots on the 16th hole, and the Bloom and Onion was created there. Yeah, that's right, right near the 12th tee. Uh, yeah, <laughs> in one of the houses, the, the founder of Outback, uh, who's now his ex-wife, lives there. Something like that. There's stories. No, it's a rap. It's a rap studio now. Well, oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> this story. This like, it, we have to talk about how many. Well, first the membership and how how much they care and appreciate this golf course like for for what it is exactly what you're saying it's a moment in time they're not trying to do anything special with it they know how good it is they know how special the the golf course is the location is there's a waiting list a mile long for the 6400 yard you know decidedly fairly scruffy golf course um in the middle of of the city but you know there are stories for days that come out of that place and i think that's what makes it so special maybe that goes back into the aura of the place but no i, I totally agree with you um you know in in all respects of, of you know what you're you're mentioning here 
Yeah, gosh. Anything we're leaving on the table here? I mean, I feel like, uh, you know, we, we did more Gasparilla talk than we did. Uh, what, what's your favorite hole? What's your favorite hole to play? What's your favorite hole to watch? What, what What's the defining hole that sticks out to you about Palmasia? So a lot of them, but I've thought long and hard about this, and I've decided that the 11th hole is my favorite hole. I hmm. think it's a master class in angles and um, small contouring of um, – you know, of the fairway, just a little bit of heaving and hoeing, and it, it really defines how to play that that hole. Uh, it's a great concept for uh, a true risk reward in my mind. If you want to take the aggressive line and go down the right tree line, like you're going to have a wide open shot at that green. If you're, you know, bail out left, like, you know, I do every single time, then, you know, you're going to have to play an angle, either hit a draw into that, into that green, or, you know, if you miss boy hold on you're looking at a double um i i just i thought that was a master class in representing how that course uses architecture uses angles uses the very little um you know land movement i know tron hates that word but uh that that the golf course does you know supply to you and gives you an extremely challenging yet you know exceedingly fun golf hole hmm. Yeah, gosh, I'm, as I'm going through, I, I'm trying to, my brain flips to, you know, whatever hole I'm ready to attack uh, from a from a tournament standpoint. And I think it's, it, four is probably my favorite in that regard. Like the one that I get to and I'm the most confident. Uh, five as well, I feel like I can, you know, it's a short part four that I have done well on in the past. But gosh, my favorite hole or maybe the best hole or the, you know, I, I love 18. I think it's such a cool you know, test of, all right, can you bomb a drive down there? Can you thread it between the bunker and the OB off the tee? And if you do that, it's a mid to short iron into a par five, but hit the green, man, hit the green, or you're going to have a nervy, nervy, nervy chip that you're maybe trying to keep in bounds. Uh, and if you do hit the green, you might make Eagle. You're probably going to make birdie, but if not, you're probably going to pay a pretty heavy price. It's a very, I can't, I don't really know a par five like that I've played in my life like that, where you know, I've hit nine irons into it, and still I'm deathly afraid of that shot coming into the green, which it strikes that perfect balance. You know, it's, again, 483 par five that played mostly downwind in the tournament, and it barely played under par uh, with some of the best mid-ams, you know, in the world. I know there were some conditions out there that uh, were definitely a factor on days two and three, but uh, I just, I found that quite interesting. That fairway bunker has to have a magnet on it. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen so many people just on repeat bunker 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 uh yeah that 18 came to mind for me as well um i guess one question what hole makes you the most nervous from the tee what really gets Ooh. you you know gripping the club a little extra tight well to answer a lot that, of them could a lot of them because of if you're imagining this 98 acres of golf course there's some property boundaries and they are all to the left they are there's ob left on one ob left on two ob left on three Four is a par three, but there's also OB left. Five, you could hit an OB left if you really wanted to. Um, and then you get back over to the other side. 16, 17, and 18 all have OB left. 12 does as well. There's just so many options of, you know, uh, there's several times where I hit driver and I was honestly like, dude, I'm blowing this a hole over to the right. Like it, it just, it, 12 is probably the answer. If you get, uh, it's a long par four with OB left and there's nowhere to go right really. And, you know, if the wind's coming off the left, like I just don't have that shot right now. It's something I'm working on. I'd love to be able to hold a draw up against the wind and not fear it going out of bounds. But it's really hard to play that course without fearing the ball going OB. And I, I was 
playing a little scared in round one, just like I was getting ready to on the third tee to bail, which is par five. I was getting ready to bail right. I was standing over the ball, felt uncomfortable, but I was just going to bail one out. And I backed off and I was just like, dude, like what's the point of playing this tournament if you're going to bail? Like the dude that's going to win it is going to thread a drive right between these trees, right? So like why not at least try it? Either stay home and don't even come down here and try it or at least try to hit the shot. There's no point in, in just bailing into the trees and hoping to make par on a par five. And I executed that you know, analysis and thought process a couple times, but every every now and then you'll see it flare up too. That's just like, dude, we're keeping one in play here. So, uh, yeah, as you might expect, there's some there's some discomfort in some of the tee shots for sure, and it's just uh, you got to you got to find your times when you're ready to put the gas pedal down. Otherwise, otherwise, like you you have to go around the curves with your brakes on and and you know in a, in a lower gear just to make sure you're not flying through uh, through a turn or something like that. So, Sally, what did you shoot day one to Gasparilla? I had a 67 on day one. Uh, thank you for asking about round one. Of course, huh? Uh, thank you for asking about round one and not rounds two and three. Uh, <laughs> lowest round I've ever had in competition. Um, I just got hot, man. I, I birdied six of my first 12 holes, and uh, I think I jumped out to an early lead in the tournament and steered it home. Nerves were very real. I, I, I kind of I felt like I had that in me, you know? I, I don't want to act like I didn't know I could – shoot that number but um I was I walked off and said it was the most fun round of golf I ever played it was I've never gotten a chance I feel like I always waste opportunities like that in tournaments I always you know make a couple birdies but I will just donate it all back and I had some chances to do that but I actually steered it around decently and I did decently in round two for a while until the rain started and I I wish I was a better rain player and, and wish I was a bit better mutter than I am but um, I really think this was a great opportunity for me to actually compete for the tournament. And listen, I finished 13 shots back or something like that. I was not that close, but I think I was, you know, five shots out of the top 10. And that was a realistic goal for me. Um, I had a stretch in round three, the final, uh, yeah, the final round where I went bogey, par, par, bogey, double, par, bogey, bogey, bogey. And that just, that just crushed me. I, I that was seven over stretch in, in nine holes. Um, but gosh, man, so much fun. I cannot wait to get back next year. And next year, you're coming in for the Monday qualifier. I'm caddying for oh you. Gosh. We're putting that on the sheet now. And uh, we're going to get you in this tournament next year because I, I have a feeling that, uh, you know, th- this is a golf course that you could take you could take advantage of. For sure. I, <laughs> I'm very seriously building a tournament prep schedule around the Palmacia Monday queue. <laughs> that's that's going to be my my Super Bowl moving forward. So the goal is to get you know eight to ten tournaments under my belt uh, before that that time, so we can hopefully give it a run. But God, I love. I think it. that sounds great. We got a long way to go. When we you and I played eighty four, no doubles, no birdies. That's not going to do it. <laughs> Listen, it's not. But like you, you're you're it the you know the next step up of shooting like seventy four out there is not nearly that far away. You know, it's right. like. You can get in a rhythm out there. You really can. But if you're a little bit off, like you have no shot. You just don't have the shot. Like it's going to just keep making you bleed, 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 bleed. But once you kind of get the hang of it and get over the hump, it is such a fun, fun, fun golf course. It's not, I don't know. I was getting ready to say it's not stressful, but I've been stressed playing that course when it gets difficult. But it is the right kind of stress. You know, I, I just, I hate standing up on 460 par, par fours, with water on both sides. Like these old style golf courses that, you know, there's a hole on the other side of whatever hole you're playing. That's I love that. I just love being able to see right. other holes and and vibes like that. So, 
if you were tuning in to hear more on Paul Messia than uh, that we gave you, and we talked too much Gasparilla, I'm not going to apologize for it. That's that's <laughs> the lens through we've seen this golf course and experienced it. And uh, hopefully, if if you have gotten to experience it, hopefully we hit some of the right nerves. And uh, if you haven't, hopefully it's motivation to find an invite, find somebody who can get you on there because it is a, a tremendous treat of a golf course. And Ben, thank you for one making the trip and filming everything and and all the production that went into that uh, that week and uh, for coming on and recapping it with me. Yeah, I can't wait for people to see it it's gonna be Very a lot of seriously fun. so it's a <laughs> treat to follow you Ugh, thank you buddy all right we'll see you soon man take care all right bye